Good morning. Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I'm glad that you have chosen to join our program. I know that there are many other things that you could be doing Tuesday morning, but uh, I do thank you for tuning in. And, and I hope that the lesson that we have for today is something that is beneficial to you, something that is helpful, and something that that brings you to a better understanding of the scriptures. We have been studying why I am a member of the Church of Christ. And so our lesson for today is the fourth lesson in this series um, because it was founded at the scriptural time. I am a member of the Church of Christ because it was founded at the scriptural time, the Pentecost following the resurrection of Christ. Very long title, um, but uh, at the same time, a simplistic lesson. Um, as I was looking over the outline for today, I, I'm thinking that, that maybe this would be better as a class. We've been doing these as Bible classes with the discussion. Uh, there are a lot of scriptures involved, um, so maybe uh, you might want to get a pencil, paper, or if you're like me, take notes on an iPad or something like that and jot down some of these scriptures and then you can go back and, and refer to them later. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to open up your word, to study it together. We pray, Father, that you would bless our studies. Help us to have an understanding of what you want from us. Help us to recognize that it's not about us. It's not about what we want when it comes to our worship and when it comes to our service. But help us to recognize the importance of doing things your way and making sure that we as a church are doing things as according to the scriptures that you have given to us. We pray that you would continue to bless us as we go into our daily lives, that you would help us to be strengthened, help us to be edified, and, and help us be ready to answer any questions that might be posed to us as to why we, we believe the things that we believe, why we do the things that we do. Help us to be able to share these thoughts, these messages with other people. We pray, Father, that you would help us to, to grow in our knowledge and understanding. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to be the Christians that you would have us to be. We thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us, and it is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. All right, as we get into our lesson for today, um, as we look at, at our reasoning here, um, that the church was founded at the scriptural time. The Church of Christ was founded at the scriptural time. We understand that the Church of the Bible was founded on the Pentecost following the Lord's resurrection from the dead. Whenever we look at scriptures, we see that the scriptures of the Old Testament, the prophecies, and and all of those things, they look forward to Pentecost. And we'll also find that, that we 
look as we look at the New Testament, as we look at the apostles and their writings and their teachings, that the church had been founded, that the kingdom was established after Pentecost. And so all of these things helped us to understand that, that Pentecost is the point of the establishment of the church. Um, you know, sometimes we go to different church churches, different congregations, and you see uh, this building was erected in such and such a year. Uh, even on our church building, we, we have uh, a couple of different dates that are, are mentioned. Uh, 1852 is the establishment of the Mars Hill congregation as a congregation of the Lord's Church. And there's also mention of the building, the structure that we are currently in. Um, our main auditorium was built in 1923. Um, and those, are, those are, are good dates to to remember and to identify with. But when we look at the Church of Christ, when we look at the establishment of the church overall, not just individual congregations, we see that it was established on the day of Pentecost. Some churches, uh, Gilroy's a, a good instance of that, uh, on their building, um, it has that the Church of Christ was established uh, in AD 33, and that's an approximate date. Uh, we don't have an exact date that is, is stated as far as the day of Pentecost, an exact year. Some believe it to be uh, four years after that, I believe, and and some believe maybe prior to that, I don't know, but but um, anyway, it's an approximate date, but but it gives reference to the Church of Christ, not a particular congregation, but the Church of Christ being established on the day of Pentecost, and we certainly understand from scriptures that that is the time that was foretold, that is the time uh, in which the church was established. Now, if we're going to be a part of the church of the Bible, then that means, again, that we have to go back to the scriptures, and we find the beginning date there. Uh, we find the details, the the things that we need to be participating in. We find those in scripture. That's what we're looking at. That is what we're looking to be. We want to be the church of the Bible, and to be in the be the church of the Bible uh, it's not about tracing our roots back to uh, such and such a person, to such and such a date necessarily, uh, but we are going back to the Bible. We want to be the church of the Bible. We want to be a part of the church that was established on the day of Pentecost. Uh, so that is important to us going forward. Um, we have a lot of scriptures that are looking toward Pentecost, that look toward the establishment of the church, and it helps us to, to look at each of these because they help us to identify when the church was to be established. Prophecy. And, by the way, some of these scriptures, if you've been following along with our lessons uh, up to this point, then you'll recognize some of these scriptures as already have been, been used. Uh, but, again, we're, we're using these to, to help us identify the time that the church was to be established. So looking toward Pentecost, in prophecy, we find that prophecy looked toward the church being established on Pentecost. We begin in Isaiah chapter 2. 
Isaiah 2, verses 2 through 4. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Now, I want you to pay careful attention to what is said in Isaiah 2 and verse 2. Now, it shall come to pass in the latter days. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that Peter makes mention of this being the latter days as far as the establishment of the church was concerned. But it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. As we look at all of these things, they are looking forward. This shall be. This is what is to come. And that is important. Micah chapter four and verses one and two are very similar to what is said in Isaiah chapter 2. But in Micah 4, beginning with verse 1, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from from Jerusalem. I believe that was last week's lesson. We're talking about where the church was to be established. It was to be established in Jerusalem. And we see that that was where it was established. That was the beginning point of the church of Christ. And again, in Acts 2, Peter references these latter days that are mentioned in Micah and Isaiah as being the time period which is in question, um, the day of Pentecost. As he is preaching, those latter days had come to pass. But these are not the only scriptures that look forward to Pentecost. In the days of the kings, for instance, in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44, Daniel 2 and verse 44, 
And in the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. As we look over time, we see many nations that come and go. Um, One of my favorites, one of the things that I've been studying a little more closely lately is Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 4, I believe it was, where Nebuchadnezzar is humbled, we see that, that he is a leader. He's very confident. He's very proud of what he has accomplished. And as he is is relishing, as he is celebrating his accomplishments, he's humbled. He is is basically made to be like one of the beasts of the field. And and so he, he goes upon his hands and feet and and he comes to a point where he realizes he comes to himself and he realizes that you know these things aren't my accomplishments. These are the things that the God of heaven has accomplished. And he recognizes the God of heaven as having done these things, and rightly so. But he is humbled. Um, we see that, that the nation uh, that he was in charge of, Babylon, it crumbles. It's going to fall apart. It's going to be conquered by another nation. Uh, we see even the, the great kingdom of Rome. We see that in history, it also ended up falling to other powers. Um, there are nations that come and go. And there's nothing to say that our nation is going to be the greatest, going to remain the greatest in the world as a world power for the rest of time. If time continues, I do believe that the United States of America will be humbled. I believe that at some point, some nation will will probably come along and, and conquer us, even as one of the great powers of the world. Nations come and go. But notice what is said here in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. The kingdom that is foretold, the kingdom of God, it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. It will always stand. Jesus says that in in the promise of the church. We'll get into that in in a moment. But the nation, the kingdom of God, it shall always stand. Despite whatever powers may be in the world, despite whatever may come uh, in this life, the kingdom of God. In its establishment, it will come, but it will stand. And even as we get into the New Testament, we find portions of the New Testament that mention the coming of the kingdom. You see, it didn't begin in Matthew chapter 1, but it began after all of those things. Um, After the Gospels had all been uh, recorded, we see the establishment of the church coming after all of them. In Matthew chapter 3, Verses 1 and 2. Matthew 3, 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. 
and saying, and notice what he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. No, he didn't say that. He says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's coming. It's close, but it's not yet. It's not yet been established. John was uh, the forerunner, the predecessor of Christ. He was the one that that came before him, and he spoke of the coming of Christ. But even when Christ was on earth, even in the time that he was preaching, the kingdom didn't come with his birth. Now, after John was put in prison, this is Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now, after John After he was put in prison, Jesus came from Galilee, or came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand, and believe in the gospel, repent and believe in the gospel. All right, so even Jesus comes about saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of of heaven is at hand. The time where we are looking forward to the kingdom has been fulfilled. The time of Jesus coming, the coming of the Messiah. He did come. He had not yet died. And so the kingdom was still at hand. It was not yet here. It was at hand. And he says to the Jews, repent. They were under a message of repentance. They needed to repent. They needed to come back to serving God in the way that God intended them to serve in this time. They're still under Old Testament law until the death of Christ. And so he says, repent and believe in the gospel. But even Jesus didn't come teaching that the kingdom was here. He came teaching the same as John the Baptist. That the kingdom was to come. In Jesus' prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and beginning with verse 9, we see that Jesus prayed for its coming. He prayed for the coming of the kingdom. Matthew 6 verse 9, in this manner therefore pray. This is not necessarily the Lord's prayer. It's better termed as the model prayer because It's not the prayer of Jesus necessarily. Uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. For instance, when he prays, lead us not into temptation, um, but deliver us from evil. We know that that he was sinless. Um, And so even though he was tempted, he was sinless. But he says in verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive us as we forgive our debtors. He had nothing to be forgiven of, right? So this is not necessarily the Lord's Prayer, but it is a model prayer. It is a prayer that should be prayed by the disciples. But in this prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, we have reference to the fact that the kingdom was not yet established, even at the time that Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. We read of the promised church in Matthew 16, and beginning with verse 13. Matthew 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Verse 18, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Again, looking forward to Pentecost. I will build my church on this rock. I will build my church. And remember that the rock was not Peter, but the rock was the faith that Peter exhibited in his great confession. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Again, looking forward. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. One of my my favorite things in, in doing this study, one of the things that I learned here, Peter, in particular, was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And on not one, but on two occasions, Peter had the opportunity of opening the doors of the kingdom. First of all, to the Jews, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. But later he opened the doors of the keys or the the doors of the kingdom once again to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 in Cornelius and in bringing the message to Cornelius, a Gentile. And so he, he had the opportunity of opening the doors of the kingdom, not once, but twice he used the keys of the kingdom But it's not getting to the pearly gates in which we get to the kingdom. And Peter opens the doors. That's the idea that many people have. But the kingdom is here. The kingdom was established on the day of Pentecost. Peter opened the doors of the kingdom, not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, so that we here on earth in our day and time can be a part of the kingdom established. But again, as Jesus is speaking to Peter in Matthew 16, 
These things are to come to pass. They have not yet come. In Mark 9 and verse 1, it is soon to come in the lifetime of many of the disciples. Mark 9 and verse 1. Mark 9 verse 1. And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, there are some who hold the belief that there are some of the disciples that were present when Jesus was speaking that are still alive today. That's ridiculous, to put it mildly. The lifetime of some is not going to be spared so that they can see the king, kingdom established. The, these people are not living today, but the kingdom was to come in the lifetime of some of those that were hearing the words that were said. In Matthew 18, verses 1 and 5, uh, we see they had not yet entered into it. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. They had not yet entered, not, had not yet entered into it. And therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And again, almost, but not yet. Luke 10, verses 8 and 9. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It was near, but it had not yet come. In Luke 22, verses 14 through 18. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I, before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. It still had not yet come. It was near. It was to come, but it had not yet come. We're out of time for today, but we'll come back next week, Lord willing, and look at how the kingdom did come and when it came and see what we need to understand from scriptures. I thank you for, for being with me today. And if you do have any questions or comments, anything that you would like to say, you can contact tact us. The best way is through our website, www.marshillcoc.org. Um, and you can also go through our Facebook page, Mars Hill Church of Christ. Uh, but those are both good ways of, of contacting us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I hope this has been a helpful lesson to you. And I hope to be back with you again, Lord willing, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. for another According to the Scriptures. Thank you for being with me today. And until we meet again, may God bless you.